there is a bill uh, that will be put out in the Florida legislature uh, that will make sure that the agreements purported to be entered into by Disney uh, are revoked and the people's will is established and is upheld. And that is something that's very important. And at the end of the day, we made the decision as a state, as a people, through the medium of our elections, uh, that we would not have one corporation uh, serving as its own government. Uh, that's not good government, uh, and it's not something that we want to entertain in Florida any longer. And whatever rationale there was 60 years ago uh, to do that, clearly now we're in a much different era as a state. Uh, we've got a lot of competitors that, that are treated differently, a lot of businesses and individuals treated differently, so we don't want to do that. So we want to make sure uh, that, that Disney lives under the same laws as everybody else. And some of that has already been underway. Once the state board took over, uh, we began mobilizing state agencies to ensure that Disney's following the same rules, building inspection, safety, all these other things that they were exempt from when everybody else has to follow. Now, if it's not, if these are not good laws, then everyone should be exempt. You shouldn't just say one corporation should be exempt. So that's already been done. We're also working with the legislature. We expect the legislature to provide a legislative uh, amendment, a provision. You know, this monorail is exempt. They exempted the monorail from any safety standards or inspections. So they're going to go and make sure that the monorail is subject to oversight, just like everything else would be in the state of Florida. Uh, and Senator Simpson, or excuse me, Commissioner Simpson will talk a little bit more about what the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services do, but they have oversight over amusement park safety. All right, welcome back. It is Wednesday. Now, now Ron DeSantis taking a stand against Disney is nothing new. This actually all started back with the parental rights bill that uh, the media was deeming the don't say gay bill, which if you read the bill, had absolutely nothing to do with saying gay or not saying gay wasn't even mentioned in the bill what it was was protecting children against the dangerous ideology that the left is steadily trying to impose on our society today it's the original form of the bill because they are um, making some changes to it now the original format was more or less you can't talk about anything sexual with a child from grade eight uh, grade three and under Okay, so you we're talking about five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. Yes, you're not allowed to talk with them about gender. You can't talk with them about sex. You can't talk with them about sexual orientation. You can't talk with them about any of that stuff. I would say that's a pretty common-sense bill. Kids at that age, uh, they're not thinking about that anyways, so it, was, it made sense to make that bill. It had nothing to do with saying gay or not saying gay or anything like that that the media um, had to say. Disney, at the time, flared up when the bill came out, said that they would do everything that they can to fight against the state of Florida because of the passage of this bill. In response to that, Ron DeSantis and the people here in the state of Florida decided Disney was running a very, they were running a very special way. They had free reign to pretty much do anything they want. Now, I don't know if you've ever had the ability to come down to Disney World down here or not. It is truly like going into a different uh, part of the country almost. It's its own area. Everything in there, it's like coming out of reality and going into the dream world. And I know that's the intention there, but it truly was like that. If you've never been there, you don't understand what I'm talking about. But if you've been there, I mean, everything from the colors of the signage around Disney 
you know, when you go, uh, if you, depending on what state you live in, I don't know, everybody could be a little different. I don't know, at least here in the state of Florida, if you're on 95 or the turnpike or whatever, most of our signs are green and white. You know, I don't know what everybody else's are when it's got an exit sign, everything's in green and white. Well, Disney's was different. Disney even had their own special traffic lights for their own busing system in there. Uh, a very uh, different looking traffic light looks like minus or plus or minus or plus signals and whatnot. It was completely separate from the, your average traffic light that you see. So they truly were in their own world there. And when you would enter in there, you would truly feel that you're in a, another land. Uh, so they really did a fantastic job kind of creating that. And obviously it's intended to be that way because that's what they wanted. Uh, at least the original creators of it. Now they're just destroying everything. But um, that was the intention. But I, unbeknownst to me and probably most Floridians, nobody's thinking nothing about that. When when Disney's there, you're just happy to be there. You're there with the family. You're not worried about who's doing what, where, when, and how. You don't care who's running the place over there. You weren't thinking about that. You're there to have fun with the family. Uh, you know, Disney, <laughs> the magic's there. You kind of forget how much money you're spending until you get past uh, uh, the the limits of their little city there, and you're on the way out, and then all of a sudden reality hits you in the face. <laughs> but uh, no, a really an amazing situation. But you don't think about any of this. So when they decided to throw their hat in the ring there, and they said they want to fight against Florida, and then Ron DeSantis and everybody everybody brought it to their attention that they are under this special governance that they could pretty much do whatever they want. They're above the rules. They don't have rules. They make their own rules. I don't think any company should be run that way. I really don't. They were run by the Reddy Creek District, and that was the oversight, but they allowed Disney to do whatever they wanted to do. You know, it's a pay, it, you know, it's, it, really, it's a pay-for-play deal. Disney's bringing so much money into the state that I'm sure at the time they were given special privileges because of the amount of money and the attraction that people are coming here. Um, so they kind of turned a blind eye to him and gave him this special status that, like Ron DeSantis said, nobody else has. And if, if they have it, then everybody should have it. If you don't have to worry about it, then nobody should have to worry about it. Uh, at the end of the day, they decided to pick a fight and got called out for it. So Ron DeSantis dissolved the Reddy Creek and put in there a governance board to oversee Disney in the same way you're going to lose all those privileges and, and we're going to restrict you the same way that everybody else here in the state of Florida is restricted. If you're not for that, then I, I got to say, you're not logical. You know, why do they, just because they're a entertainment giant that they have special privileges, but mom and pop places, they can't sidestep all of these, all the red tape they got to do to, to do whatever they're doing in their shops or businesses. They don't get the reds. They don't get to sidestep it, but Disney does just because they have money. So you're an elitist. You're okay with that. See, I don't agree with that. Well, Ron DeSantis, I mean, before, excuse me, the, Reddy Creek was dissolved, what they did is they tried to do something sneaky, which is why we're talking about this in the first place. The board that was in place at the time decided to sign a 30-year deal with Disney, basically giving them complete control as if they were not there, knowing they're going to be dissolved, last-ditch effort, we're going to give you guys complete control. So DeSantis and everybody, they can't do anything to you for the next 30 years, and by then, it won't matter. Well... Obviously, that was going to be an issue. 
I mean, there, there's got to be some law preventing something like that. So Ron DeSantis is going after it, and he's going to attempt to dissolve the agreement that was there legally, and then that way you will have a governance board there overseeing Disney and everything that Disney is doing. And I think Ron DeSantis is doing the right thing because they shouldn't get special status. If anybody should get spe- should get little little breaks, it should be your common man because the common man doesn't have the money Disney has. Disney can handle anything that you throw at them because they have so much money. So they can uh, they can pay any any penalties, any fines. They can pay for any permits. They can pay for anything they need to pay for without an issue. But your common person doesn't have the capital to do what Disney does. You know, your, your average business, uh, most of them are somewhat profitable, especially small mom and pop places. They do enough to make a living, make a decent living, and that's about it. Disney has just an abundance of cash lingering around. So if they could get the breaks, you know, like I said, the, the, your average working man should get his breaks before somebody like Disney. I'm glad that they are addressing this and they're not going to let Disney get away with the tomfoolery in the Reddy Creek District. They tried to pull pull a fast one there. But by the end of all this, when the smoke clears, they're going to have Disney's going to have to abide by the same rules and laws and regulations that every other business here in the state of Florida has to abide by. And what's fair is fair. And that's it. All right, Colorado. This this is a situation that I was unfamiliar with. I am not a farmer. Okay, <laughs> I may try to grow some things in my backyard. That does not make me a farmer. That that makes me, I don't know what you would call me, <laughs> an experimenting person, see if I can get things to grow. I was even flirting with the idea of getting uh, uh, bees to make my own honey for myself. If there was an abundance of it and I wanted to give it out to some people, that's fine. But everything that I do is pretty much for myself, for my family and whatnot. I mean, I was even considering doing that until I realized that I don't think they make a, a, a bee suit my size. <laughs> and I, I don't know, call me crazy, but I don't feel like getting stung that many times. It just, it seems a little painful. I've been tattooed quite a few times by, uh, by wasps and bees, and it's not the most comfortable feeling. So to go out there and have to deal with that and constantly be getting hit by the bees, yeah. Unless I could find a suit in my size, thinking that's probably not going to go down. But I was kind of looking at that. But anyways, get, let me get past all that. Since I am not a farmer, I didn't know about certain rules or regulations that farmers have uh, because I don't work in that industry, especially on a very large scale. Okay, Colorado right now is passing the right to repair bill. It's the first first state in the U.S. to ensure that farmers can legally fix their own equipment. This was an interesting story. That's why I brought it up is I don't know. Some people are farmers. Maybe you know this and some people don't. I'm sure Drew knows what I'm talking about because he is a farmer. Uh, But this is something that I was unaware of. Um, Colorado became the first state to advance an agricultural right to repair bill, allowing farmers to fix their own equipment legally. The Consumer Right to Repair Agriculture Equipment Act passed on Tuesday evening in a 46 to 14 vote in Colorado State. What is this and what is it all about? It caught my interest right away. This is from the examiner, if you're wondering. Uh, I did not know. John Deere, you know, and nothing runs like a deer. Yeah, John Deere apparently is one of the largest, if not the largest, um, farm equipment <clears throat> producers in, in the U S and most 
large farmers, that's the equipment that they use. Well, their equipment has certain programming to it. It's, it's getting to a point where a lot of this equipment is almost fully automated. You know, it's very, very little do you need a human in there doing much to it. It's pretty much running itself. And when it, it breaks down, you would assume... Because, you know, farmers, we're talking about working men here. This ain't, these ain't, these are the kind of guys that are do-it-yourselfers. I don't know if you ever met a farmer, if you know a farmer, and if you don't, you probably should. These are the kind of guys that if something breaks down, they're going to make it work. <laughs> it's, this is not a question of if it's going to work. They're going to get in there and make it work because they need it to work to make money. So they don't have a lot of time to sit around and play games and call people and repair shops. And No, if it's something that they know they can handle, they're going to be down for a couple of hours, worst case scenario, and then they're back up and running and right back on, on track with what they were doing. That That's just the type of a breed of people that these big farmers are. They're not sitting around waiting for somebody to come help them. They're going to do it themselves. Little did I know that... Uh, they're not allowed to fix, they're not allowed to touch any of it. You can't touch any of John Deere's equipment. And I, I was kind of stunned when I heard that. And what it comes down to is digital rights management, DRM, or the uh, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, DMCA. These two acts made it illegal to circumvent a copy-protected system. Uh, in essence, they state that the consumer does not own the software of the product and they only own the product itself. So John Deere is fundamentally stating that if you tinker with your tractor software to get it up and running the way you need it to run, uh, you're a pirate and therefore you're in violation of the law. So you're not allowed to touch their programming. So if your equipment is not running correct, if there's something wrong with the programming, if it's not putting out enough or doing what it's supposed to be doing, if you touch it they can sue you they can come after you legally because you're messing with their software so what it came down to was only a john deere technician can fix it or a certified uh, repair shop for john deere which depending on where you live in the united states these farmers that that repair shop could be god knows 50 miles 100 miles from your location. You know, you don't know where where these repair shops are at. Generally, they're going to be in areas in heavy farming com- uh, communities, but they also want to be in a more industrial style area for uh, to get people access in there because they're not just going to sell, you know, big huge farm equipment. They're also going to sell mowers and all kinds of other stuff. So they're going to need to be in a position where they're making money. So these guys got to transport these big pieces of machinery over there. Either they have a trailer to do it to themselves or they have to pay a service to bring a low boy out to transport it there, get it repaired and then transport it back, which to me is just insane. They're not even allowed to hire a local technician that works on farm equipment to come out and touch these because it would violate the policy. So you can't even do that. I was stunned to hear that this is the way it goes down. John Deere's really got a monopoly on this. So they are the first state passing a bill to ease farmers. Now you're going to create more opportunity for people that know how to fix these systems that maybe live in the area, and that's what they do for a living, is they go out to each guy's farm and we're reprogramming it, or a farmer can call up and just say, hey, man, listen, 
we need it to run this way. This is the way, you know, the it's standard is, and that's the way it runs. And I need it to run this way to maximize performance out of this piece of equipment. So come on over, adjust the settings and let's, let's, uh, maximize performance out of this. So, I mean, you're going to create jobs by doing this. I, this is a kind of a common sense bill. It's like we were talking about with Disney. I thought that was common sense. This is kind of common sense too. I had no idea John Deere pretty much had handcuffs on everybody. That you could, you cannot mess with that programming. You actually have to spend the time and money to send it to them to have them do, which it could be a small, a tiny, hook a computer up to it, make a few changes, you know, through a computer, not even touching everything, just to adjust the software and send it back. That's insane. That is insane that John Deere was allowed to do that. Good news is not only Colorado is doing this, but you have other states that are putting together very similar bills that are going to pass them as well. And of course, it's going to be in the red states that, that are doing it. And Florida is on the list of states to do that. And so it will it, it take the noose off of these farmers' necks. I mean, Jesus, uh, they're producing food in most cases for the entire country. I mean, do, we want these guys to be running full bore 24 seven because we need the food. I mean, I I know nobody thinks about it. You go and you get up and you get your paycheck from your job and your food just magically appears at the grocery store. Well, it's got to start somewhere from a seed and you got a lot of work, a lot of man hours, a lot of machine hours put in to getting this stuff to grow, harvesting it, getting it on tractor trailers and getting it to the store where you don't even think about the whole process of fertilizing and everything that farmers do. My God, it's, it's such a, a, a tedious process. All you think about is, do they have my stuff there today? Oh my God, look at these. Look at it. They, they don't have my green peppers today. Or, oh my God, well, they're short on avocados. Listen, <laughs> it's a lot of work these guys are doing. You know, let, let's try to make their job as easy as possible. So I'm glad that somebody's putting together some type of a common sense bill to take the loosen the noose on these farmers necks and just get that one hurdle out of their way. They, they don't need that. They got enough problems as it is. They got enough problems with fighting the government on so many other issues. They don't need to be fighting the manufacturers of the equipment that they use when they're just trying to make the machine perform better or get the machine back up and running so that they can continue working. So, Farmers, I hope you guys, uh, I hope this starts going your way and this becomes a big win for you guys. All right, Title 42 ends on May 11th. Border agents right now are currently saying that the Biden administration is giving little directions on dealing with the impending migrant surge. You know, once Title 42 ends on May 11th, we already know what's about to happen. Title Title 42, one of the last Trump-era immigration policies is set to expire on May 11th, and border agents are currently saying that it's a perfect storm of of immigrants simply waiting out the clock. And the Biden administration is giving little to no information on preparation to border agents, and because he is not, I mean, chaos is going to be at the southern border. Not that it's not already chaotic down there, but you, I can't imagine the amount of people that are waiting, knowing that as soon as May 11th hits... It, it's open season. It's wide open at that point. As open as you think our border is right now, 
when this goes, the last line of protection that we have, which really isn't even being implemented the, the way it's supposed to be, but the last line of protection, once that is gone, the surge and the flood of people that will be coming across the border, the numbers are going to be double, triple what you're seeing right now. If over the course of the last two and a, two, two and a half years under the Biden administration, if you think that uh, documented six million people coming across the border is a lot, Wait till you see what happens during the course of the next year and a half to two years. It'll be double that amount. So uh, so during his four years of his administration, hopefully he will not uh, be a repeat and we won't have four more years or we certainly won't have a country. Uh, uh, there's a potential to be somewhere between 10 and 12 million illegals that came across the border, not to mention the amount of terrorists, drugs, traffickers and everything else and look we got Chinese nationalists coming across at an alarming rate right now and do you think that they're there by chance or you think that they're there by design because everything going on with China right now I'm leaning towards design the battle on title 42 isn't 100% over yet to keep it in place um the Biden administration attempted to let as many illegal immigrants immigrants into the country as possible uh, has raged on for months obviously the order was originally set to expire December 21st, but Chief Justice John Roberts issued a stay after several states appealed the court appealed to the court to stop the ending of the order. The stay overrode an earlier ruling in November of 2022, uh, voiding the order. At the end of at the end of 2022, Republicans and others trying to keep the order in place got a major victory when the Supreme Court ruled that Title 42 could not be terminated. However, oral arguments over the order. Uh, where were heard in February, and the final decision on Title 42 will come in June. What will end up happening is you got some drag time between obviously May 11th and June when the final decision is rendered. Uh, in between then, unless something else pops up and they get another stay until the decision, once Title 42 is lifted, they expect uh, asylum seekers to push over a thousand per day. Border agents are concerned because they say they do not have the capacity to process that many people and there is no guidance being issued right now on how to handle the uptick in processing. So what are they to do? I mean, you know, it's, I don't think we give these guys at the border enough credit. Uh, We focus mainly on the flood that's coming over the border, which is a big focus, but I don't think that the border agents down there are getting the credit that they deserve. The, the amount of people that are coming across that border daily, as is right now, is overwhelming. And in, in most situations, it's more than they can handle. Now, we're going to ramp that up even more with an administration that would love to do nothing more than get rid of uh, border, border Patrol. And they'd like to get rid of ICE and everything else. You've heard the call for that for years. The border agents are out there right now just, I guess, hoping to hear some good news. I mean, they're not getting any any direction. How much, at what point, like I was going to say, at what point do you throw your hands up and say, you know what, it's just not even worth it anymore? They're fighting a, uh, a war they can't win. You have no backing from the administration. They're completely fine with the way things are. They don't care that you're stressed out. They don't care you're overworked. They don't care what the border looks like. They turned a blind eye to it. The only time that it ruffles their feathers is when you have some governors that are willing to play the game with them and ship migrants up to their locations, which is pissing them off. Beyond that, it's out of sight, out of mind. They're not worried about it. 
So our southern border is about to get a whole lot messier in less than a month, about three weeks. It's about to get a whole lot messier. Uh, I would pay attention to that and see if potentially somebody's going to come in and see if they can get a stay on that until the final ruling. Uh, hopefully they do. That'll at least give the uh, agents a little bit of breathing room. Otherwise, starting the 11th, it's going to get it – is even if you couldn't imagine it possibly could, it's about to get a whole lot uglier at the border. All right, that wraps it up for me today. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please rate and view me, uh, especially on Apple. It's always great help. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to me, a little joecc.com, go to the contact section. Beyond that, have a beautiful Wednesday. We'll do it again tomorrow.